Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Dan. Josh, if you and I want to go through the LSU schedule, um, definitely can. Happy to do so. Yeah, would you like to? We can. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm down for that. I mean, I mean the real the real test for them obviously is against a team that I have seen become a real darling for uh just college football analysts and and schedule predictors and college the the CFP playoff predictors. Oh. Uh, they they get Florida State week 1. And that's going to be a nationally televised game. It's opening the season for them. And I think it's going to be a real. It's going to be a massive challenge for both of these teams. And that game to me, of, yeah, that game to me screams. That's Vegas inviting everybody and their mother in to, to bet FSU. I am. I am. Maybe. I'm going. I'm taking two coins to the jukebox, and I'm not thinking. I'm playing. Don't stop believing. Whether whether it's overplayed or not, I know people are going to sing and dance along. I'm playing the hits on that one. That to me, I think I, if you're we're going, bet, you're going to you're going to bet on the Tigers. Yeah, if you were spending money on that game. Yeah, to me, it's a. I it, it, look, it's it's in Florida, right? So there, there's it's it's a bit you know, I guess cumbersome for the Tigers to travel, but that's, that's, that's something they're accustomed to doing. And the LSU trial, the LSU fans, as we know, and we've seen the LSU fans travel unbelievably well. I really think that LSU, this is, this is a, I'm not going to say a tune up game for LSU, but I think LSU comes into Florida state and they take care of business and they quickly show that Florida state's going to have to go and run their own table to make the college football playoff. And I think Nick had said that Clemson would be his dark horse in the ACC or maybe not a dark horse considering how many times they've been there, but he, that's his yeah. pick. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of with, I'm kind of with the notion that for me, it's Clemson UNC and then Florida state, I think, is also in that mix, but they're gonna they're gonna get hurt by this LSU game and how how badly I think LSU is gonna beat them. And I think LSU needs to beat them badly so they could cement themselves as a real threat in the SEC, which I think a lot of people think they are, and cement themselves and, so, and you know kind of knock out the ACC with the ACC and the Big Twelve being the weaker of the weaker two of the five conferences. I would say, yeah, to I mean, me, it's it- SEC. I would say Pac-12 this year actually is probably my number two as far as depth, then Big tw- Big Ten, then you know ACC Big Twelve, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think like my my one kind of hey, let's let's not forget that while the Big Twelve maybe doesn't have as much top heavy talent this year, it's still a very competitive college football conference, and Texas and OU are still in there. Texas Tech, you know, should be sneakily pretty good this year kansas state of course tcu went to the college football playoff final last year um so there's still a lot of talent so i I would push them ahead of the acc because i still feel like it it is top heavy and then there's a massive drop off um you know texas is still ahead of miami i know those teams are, are you know they are grouped together in a lot of ways because of their past history and being deemed a, a blue blood program, but not being able to get it done in the last 
10-ish years. Um, but I, I still think that from a recruiting standpoint, from an execution standpoint, we're still out of Miami, you know, of, of recently. But sure. this is definitely this LSU versus Florida State week one. It's a point two game for sure. This is not going to be a game that we forget about, you know, after week one. It's not going to be a game we forget about after week five. This is a game that has massive implications late into the SEC season, late into the ACC season when you're talking about Clemson and Florida State potentially vying for that ACC championship in a, um, in a college football playoff berth. But LSU does have, in my opinion, the leg up in a sense where they have performed at a level. There are less question marks about this team. While FSU has a lot of talent, and a lot of people believe in them this coming year, it's still very much a prove-it season because they have fallen short for quite some time. Um, and LSU, you know, has the, I know it was with a different head coach and obviously a lot of different personnel, but they have, they have the Burrow chase Jefferson season. Um, and it's not, not that far removed from us, you know, it was only three years ago. So I expect them to win that game as well. I expect Jaden Daniels to make a lot of noise in that opener and really, you know, show people, Hey, I'm here to compete as college football's, um, best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks and try and make a name for himself. Um, he showed flashes flashes last year, but I think for him, it's just about being consistent. But I think the nice thing about this schedule, um, you know, is, is after they take down Florida state, they get the, the tune up game against Grambling and then Mississippi state, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mizzou, Auburn army. I mean, that is just a very winnable stretch for them to figure out exactly who they are and also get themselves primed and ready to play Alabama, Florida. Then they also get Georgia State. I mean, realistically, like this is one of the easier schedules outside of this Florida State game that LSU has had in, in a bit of time. Yeah, I think the issue is, is I think I highlighted the at Ole Miss. So does Ole Miss go with Jack? Who's like the starting quarterback by the time we get there on September 30th for Ole Miss? Is it Jackson Dart or is it Spencer Sanders coming in for Oklahoma State? Judkins was so good as the running back freshman last year. He's phenomenal. Uh, and then now we have, you know, at, at Alabama. And I think Alabama, for the first time in a long time, is being overlooked. Um, I think there's some serious, whether it's Buckner, whether it's Milrow, whether, you know, whoever, Ty Simpson, whoever they go with a quarterback. Uh, I, I think people have a lot of question marks and a lot of doubts over there about the Alabama offense. But we've seen this Alabama team and Nick Saban recruit exceptionally well year after year after year, and there's still a lot of there's still so many NFL cal NFL caliber players, let alone first rounders, on that defense on that offensive line, and I I, I think that it's going to Bama for LSU is going to be really tough, and it's no shake if they lose that game. It's no shake if they lose the Ole Miss game. Um, I'm gonna let's go through it game by game, see where they're at. And then before we just kind of, you know, pinpoint losses and wins. So at Florida State, you you have a win or a loss. I have a win. Yeah, me too. I, have a, I, I, I appreciate you being confident and optimistic about FSU's chances against LSU. I, I think this is a different LSU team than we saw last year. I think they got a lot of good momentum at the end of last year. And I think they come in and I think they smack Florida State. Uh, versus Grambling. To win. At Mississippi State, unfortunately, uh, with, with the loss of Coach Leach, I, I think that it's it's a step back year uh, for what Mississippi State potentially could have been a, a nice dark horse. So, I'm going to go win there as well. Yeah, I agree. Versus Arkansas, 
I mean, you get them at home. You get them in Baton yeah. Rouge. I think that helps a lot. Um, I think they're a better team than Arkansas. And so I think they win that one as well. Yeah, so look, fifth game, Ole Miss, their schedule, they see Bama the week before at Alabama. So it's – we're going to operate there. They're, this is a, – it's a tough one for me because do they drop two in a row in the SEC? I don't – like this is like a really – this is – like I, I think I – mean, it's, it, it's at the Grove – I, but we don't the, look. You just said it, right? A lot of people are predicting that it's a down year for Alabama. So I don't think that Alabama that that's not a that's not a gimme win for Alabama, right? This is a competitive Ole Miss team. Um, Alabama has a really difficult schedule. They might be in a situation where even if they are a really good team and they're a team that beats LSU later in the year, it doesn't mean that they're not going to drop a game to Ole Miss. They're not going to drop a game to Texas um, and whoever else you know they have on their schedule. So. I would expect that Ole Miss loses that game against Alabama the week before. Now you quickly showed their schedule. They have they they open week one with a tune up against Mercer, but then they play Tulane week two, who at a conference is a tough game, right? Tulane showed what they could do last year. They had an incredible season. They have a new coach who seems like he has really rebranded this program, and they beat USC. So that they they ain't no slouch, as you like to say, and. Ole Miss very easily could be walking into this game against the LSU Tigers two and two, and then their backs up against the wall. But at that point, like I don't trust a get right game from a two and two team. Um, I would expect LSU to take care of business there. LSU will be favored in this game, and I know it's on the road, um, but they should win this game. And so I, I'm going to pick that. You know, BK is a he has a excellent coach, and he is an excellent regular season coach specifically. So I have them winning this game against Ole Miss too, even though it's on the road. And it's, I'll go with you, actually. I think they could very well lose this game to Ole Miss, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I think Ole Miss just has a lot, just some, not a lot of question marks, just some question marks on the offense, which is supposed to be their strong suit. Uh, and again, I if I think LSU is going to go in and, and steamroll Florida State, I have to continue to ride this train um, at Mizzou versus Auburn versus Army. I'm assuming we think those are three wins right there to send them to Alabama on, on November 4th. I do. I believe so. So we're 8-0 versus Alabama. Alabama could be very well undefeated as well, man. Like, look, if they lose to us and Ole Miss, we're talking an implosion of a season at home. Um, my my heart says that we could beat them. And my gut says, look, like, this is Alabama. We're going to play at Bama. And it's our if, if we go, we play Bama well, I'm going to be happy. I want to win the game desperately, but if we have a good game, it, it's a one-score game, and, and we and we can leave Tuscaloosa like that, I'm, I'm okay with that. Because that that's gonna as long as we take care of business, that's gonna give us the, the long right, range shot right. in Big Twelve. Yeah, it's an important game for us. It, it adds so much uh, pomp and pedigree if we do beat them. Just in the context of oh, is this a team that deserves to be in the college football playoff? Expecting that we would then also win the Big Twelve, um, but ultimately you're right. What matters for the Texas Longhorns is what do you do in the Big Twelve? And can you? Yeah, can you? Take clean and, house and in the winning 12. the Big Twelve, winning the Big Twelve and playing Alabama tight. We've already seen what playing Alabama tight means in the context of how the rest of college football looks at a Texas, a Texas Longhorns football team, um, and they give them a lot more grace for losing those close games against good opponents than they do other schools um, who don't, you know, ha- have kind of the the fortune of the the blue blood nature that 
can help teams in positions even when they lose. Um, I think that, you know, LSU is obviously in that same position. Um, I, I'm willing to give them a, a loss here against Alabama. Me too. Um, yeah, that, you know, and anything can happen. In this LSU-Alabama rivalry, anything can happen in that game. They've won it in, in Tuscaloosa before. Alabama has won in Baton Rouge before. That game is chaotic. It's, you know, the crowd is going to be ridiculous as it always is. Um, if LSU hasn't lost coming into that game, they will be the higher seed, I would probably say, um, given that if we're, if we're predicting that Alabama had lost a previous game, right? And so I think they then they have their kind of like backs up against the wall. And I think with a team like Alabama, as opposed to Ole Miss, that makes a difference. With Nick Saban, yeah. that makes a difference. Um, and yeah, I, I don't necessarily know if, if BK has seen enough of Saban, um, you know, in the context of LSU playing Alabama, obviously played him when he was coaching at Notre Dame and, and Saban kind of owned him, um, every time that they've lined up against each other. So yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable giving LSU a loss there, knowing that that doesn't take them out of contention to win the SEC West. Yeah, I'm going through it right now. I'm like just listing teams that I think can win per each, um, per each conference. And uh, to me, the SEC could get to the playoff. The SEC has four, but the SEC West is it's tough, man. Because if LSU loses this game, let's say Bama goes undefeated, they're all of a sudden like a one loss LSU team. If you're a one loss LSU team, like what if one of the un- teams in the Pac 12 goes undefeated, wins the Pac 12 championship? They're going to go in. What if Michigan or Ohio State go undefeated? Winner of that game goes in. So automatically it's Ohio State, Michigan, undefeated Pac-12 team, which we haven't seen. So I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. What if, like we're saying, what's like best case scenario for the Longhorns run the gauntlet in the Big 12, lose a really close game to Bama? They're going to be ahead of LSU. And I don't think, I think the, I think the ACC is going to get barred again. I just don't think there's a good enough team. I mean, maybe Clemson to separate themselves, but I don't think there's a good enough team to get it done there. So LSU all of a sudden, I mean, it could be an advantageous situation for them. Um, But the Bama game, if Bama hasn't lost at that point, and they're both undefeated heading into the Bama game, both being top five opponents, that game's everything because you can still – but the Pac-12 and the ACC cannibalize themselves. You have a Big 12 winner in Texas, like we saw with TCU last year. You have uh, a Big t- a Big 10 winner, uh, like we saw last year in Michigan. And the other two teams uh, that were in it were, sorry, it was Georgia. So, okay, a, an at-large team, an at-large Big 10 team in Ohio State made it. So Ohio you'd want to be the at-large. Yeah, you'd want to be the at-large uh, SEC team making it. So it's just... Fortunately, Bama well, and Tennessee play each other, so you have that in your back pocket and Georgia and Tennessee, so both those two teams can knock out Tennessee. And then you just this, – if, if Bama doesn't lose a game before this, this becomes really, okay, who's going to be that fourth team assuming Georgia goes undefeated and wins the SEC again? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, some down years, some expected down years from some SEC West teams and also – you know, playing Grambling, playing Georgia State, both in the eyes of the committee are, you know, are expected wins by a large margin where they don't necessarily mean much for you. Um, And then you get into the context of, okay, if they do beat Florida State week one, 
But Florida State ends the season as an eight and four team, as a seven and five team, and they're hovering around, you know, being ranked 18 um, or lower uh, or out or unranked. Like, what does that win really mean? And then you look at their broader just schedule and they, they end the season with, you know, Texas A&M who they could be, you know, I expect them to be more competitive than they were last year. That was a bad team last year, right? Auburn was not a great team last year. Um, we'll see, we'll see with Florida, but if Ole Miss and Alabama end up being the only two teams on this LSU schedule that were ranked, you know, top eight, top 10 teams at any given point in the college football season, like, and they lose one of those games they're in trouble because they just don't have the measurables in regards to comparing schedules to some of these other teams like Alabama. So like you're saying, Alabama plays Tennessee. Um, but if they beat Tennessee, that's even more impressive. And then if Alabama wins out, gets to the sec championship, plays Georgia, loses to Georgia, guess what else? not going to jump them as an at large Alabama would still retain that number four spot. If you were talking about two teams from the sec going. So it's a, it's a good draw in the sense that they have an easy schedule but obviously if they don't get it done and they don't win the games that they're supposed to and win the games that are toss-ups, um, you know, it puts them in a really detrimental position just in regards to how the the committee will look at them. But I, I don't expect what you were projecting. I don't expect a, a Pac-12 team to go undefeated. I don't. And I don't expect a Big, a big Ten school to go undefeated. Um, and I don't really expect a Big 12 school to go undefeated either. I would be shocked if we got an undefeated school from one of those three conferences. I mean, it could happen. I wouldn't. We, we, we've gotten it every year from the Big Ten. Michigan, Ohio, they've all gone on. Michigan's gone undefeated. Like, these teams have gone undefeated. Like, I think Michigan, the game is at Michigan this year. But Ohio yeah. State, like, Ohio State kind of in, like, some, like, look, C.J. Stroud's gone. Obviously, they have Marvin Harrison Jr., but Jackson Smith and Jig was gone. Olave's, like, all those guys that have come through Garrett Wilson, like, you know, there's like Buka and Marvin Hash Jr. could end up being the two best, like that could be the best duo that Ohio State has ever had. Like, we could be sitting here in, in six months saying that. Um, and again, wouldn't be shocked. Henderson uh, is, I mean, back is that the in your mind? Is that the biggest? That's probably the biggest game in college football this year, I would say. The Michigan, biggest Ohio game, State, I know, I, I know it typically is always in the mix, but just the way that Michigan has handled business the last two years. Ryan Day feeling a little bit of warmth on the seat. I think you and I believe that there's less, there should be less than is being made out to be um, based off of what he's done. He's done a tremendous job with that program and how many times they've been able to get to the college football playoff. But there feels like there's a different air around that game this year, a real desperation from the Buckeyes. I think the biggest key, I, th- I would say it's the biggest game in college football this upcoming season because typically winner goes to the college football playoff, right? So I think Michigan versus Ohio State would probably be the biggest game with number two being the aforementioned Bama versus LSU. Like, look, if Bama and LSU meet on, you know, November 4th and they're both undefeated, all of a sudden it's like, hey, like who at worst can be the at-large bit here? Um, I want to say the number three game to me is – USC at Oregon. Like USC has Utah at home and they go to Notre Dame, but we'll see. They have Washington at home. 
right? They have UCLA. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everyone's at home there. So realistically, the biggest game for USC is is at Oregon on, on November 11th. Um, true. Road if we're talking test. about yeah. true road test, and we're talking about telling games. You know, like that's probably a big game. If like we think that, like, okay, can Clemson? Can Clemson rise back to the top of the ACC and dominate? And can they can they maybe run the table? Like their biggest like, dude. Like the thing with Clemson is is like they're at Duke versus home versus Charleston, home versus FAU, home versus Florida State, at Syracuse, home versus Wake Forest, at Miami, and we're saying Miami's kind of fugues at NC State. Like, look, these are never easy games. They're always rivalry games. Like we talk about our Texas Longhorns, there's always a target on your back. All that being said, I think Clemson has proven, unlike the Longhorns, that they can dominate and beat these teams. Your home versus Notre Dame, your home versus Georgia I know they, Tech, I know they, they have the quarterback battle in every single one of those games. They have the best player in in the conference. Yeah. No, they have the best quarterback in the conference. Like, I, Cade? what? Yeah. Why? Why should they get? I think outscored? Drake May. I think Drake May is probably the best quarterback. But they have UNC at home. Right, and also that team is just. They're not at the same level as them. They don't have them no, in the Drake, trenches. No, you're right. You're right. Drake May is incredibly talented. But but um, they don't have them in the trenches. Like they, Clemson has – Clemson has – Kate Klubnick is, is – should be the guy. He should come in and he should be the guy and he, and, he, and he should produce. And if he does, their toughest game is at South Carolina. So I guess maybe that's what we're watching for. I don't know. Like so to me – Another team that a lot, of, a lot of people have a lot of hype behind, but I also like – you got to – you got to prove it to me. I mean, I look, I know Rattler's really talented, but like, I, it's not like this team, it's not like that team won 11 games last year, you know, no. like it, we got to slow our roll on teams like South Carolina and Florida state until they actually do it. Yes. Until, South Carolina. until they do it like Michigan, who now has been to the college football playoff two years in a row and has beaten the, their rivals, Ohio state two years in a row. That's why I say that game holds so much more meaning than some of these other games because, look, you do not want to be an Ohio State Buckeye team going into the next season having lost to Michigan in your rivalry game three years in a row. You're starting to rewrite a narrative here. We're in the, we're in the 2020s. You know, people look at decades like it's not the it's not the start that you wanted in the 2020s, dropping three of these games that you used to win every single time. Then mm. in the 2010s. You owned them, and now the the script has been and been flipped, and and Harbaugh looks like he has Ryan Day's number and he has the Buckeyes' number, and all of a sudden, you know, we're going into every season saying, well, the Buckeyes are really, really talented, but Michigan's the best team in this conference. Like, that's on the table here for for this team. Like the next two, three years, Ohio State, Michigan, to me, is the rivalry that I am really honed in on. Yeah, hundred percent. It decides like until Penn State or Wisconsin can jump up and prove otherwise. They're the two. They're the the class. And until USC comes, we'll see how they compete in the Big Ten. Like they're the class of the Big Ten, and that decides who goes to the playoffs in the Big Ten. Then Bama. So it's Ohio to me. It's Michigan. Ohio State at Michigan, LSU at Bama, and USC at Oregon. I would say the three biggest games all occurring in November for the college football season. Look, look, we could see major upsets, but going into the season, those are the three biggest games to me. Yeah. And then I'll throw an honorable mention. That Alabama, Tennessee game is really big too. Could it's be. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a I huge mean, look, look, Bam, it's a revenge game. I can't believe we're saying this, but it's a revenge game for Bama. And like, yeah. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really peaked. 
I haven't bothered to peak Georgia's schedule, to be honest. A and M, like A and M, South Carolina have, have like like South Carolina, like yeah, they're like a maybe like a quote unquote dark horse, but they're at A and M, at Georgia, at Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I w- I wouldn't surprise be surprised if uh, either of those teams have like an upset game where they show out and beat a team that's better than them. And would, they yeah. end up with eight eight wins, maybe nine wins. Like these are capable teams. Um, they're not going to win the conference, but they're capable teams. And you have to you you can't sleep on them. You know, LSU if they're undefeated and they're going into that last week of the season, they play a And M. Like a And M's coming for them. They're gunning for them. That's a that's a rivalry game too. You know, and and they beat them before. And uh, so the, a couple of sneaky teams in, in South Carolina and a And M for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and Tennessee though, if they if they beat if they go into Alabama and beat them again, and that's the upset we see, or quote unquote upset, and Bama beats Texas, but they the game they lose, and they beat LSU, but the game they lose is at is at home against Tennessee. Then all of a sudden we're looking at the biggest game, you know, that enters into the mix. One of the biggest games that we're going to see is Georgia at Tennessee. Georgia took care of business versus Tennessee last year. I would expect Georgia to take care of business and once again head for the three-peat. But, look, we, we saw when Bama went to, to Tennessee last year how brutal of a place that is to play and how they how much they show out and how loud it can get and how putting them down at home is one of the toughest things to do in college football. So if we see we could maybe see an undefeated Tennessee team versus an undefeated Georgia team at the end of November as well. Yeah, that would be really that For the SEC East, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hall runs through the SEC. Uh, I asked Nick this a lot. We'll close out with this. Uh, any big surprise? What was your biggest surprise for the MLB first half? Uh, maybe biggest disappointment? Um, I, I mean, I think the biggest surprise, we, we touched on this obviously with Blake, um, but some of these teams who, you know, when you guys did your over under, a lot of these teams you, you expected to be over on the wins, but not necessarily competing for the division, um, teams like the Reds, team like the Marlins, who are a, you know a top eight team in baseball right now. Those two teams in particular have really impressed me. Obviously, the Orioles as well, um, and what they've been able to do in the AL East. You know, the Rangers have the talent, so I can't necessarily say that I'm as surprised by them. Um, they were one of the most mismanaged teams last year. And then, of course, on the flip side of that, you know, teams that we really thought were going to be there that absolutely are not there right now in the pods, Nick's pods, unfortunately. And um, I guess the other teams that you would mention in there, the Cardinals, of course, in the NL Central. And, you know, the, the Guardians have been a bit of a disappointment to me as well. But, of course, that division is, is still up for grabs in my mind. Um, but, yeah, th- those are the big takeaways Mariners, I still have to kind of wait and see. I think there's still some hope for them. Of course, you know, we're only at the halfway point, a little bit past that. Obviously, that's when the all-star rate comes into play. Um, but I've loved the product of baseball and how much these young stars are showing out. Those are those are my takeaways, right? It's the young teams that we didn't expect to be where they are. Um, and then the young talent that has really showed out. You know, Tati's obviously an omission from the all-star game, but it, it's been awesome to see him, you know, operating at the level that we know he can. Yeah. Ellie De La Cruz, of course, you know, we were talking about it with the Reds guys, Adley Rushman's playing in the home run derby. So is Julio Rodriguez. Like there's so many young, talented stars in baseball right now. 
Um, and, and I think that only helps the product and it only helps the engagement. So I think this, this is an interesting all-star, uh, week here and, and hopefully, you know, the, the attention's not lost and the momentum continues because it, it should, right. We're at the second half of the season now, now games start to really, really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and the closer we get to October, you know, the closer we we get to getting a feel of who actually can win a World Series. And of course, you know, we've got the deadline coming up. And so there's moves to be made. There's pitchers to be to be dealt, uh, relievers and starters, some bats as well. And yeah, I mean, I think just all in all, like baseball has been a real treat and we haven't even gotten to what's supposed to be the exciting part. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I think it's just doubled down with the draft, right? We have all these prospects coming in now and a team like the Rangers having the fourth pick, getting a guy like Wyatt Langford, who could be a real difference maker, maybe not this year, but going forward, um, yeah, adding that to a, to an already talented team, the pirates aren't terrible, right? The Nats no. are, but they need, okay. So, so Cruz has a little bit more of a journey and that's fine. I, the one thing we didn't talk about with him is like, the way that the rules have changed for base runners, this is the type of guy who can give you 30, 40 steals in a season, in my in my opinion. I think where he's lacking a little bit, like he doesn't necessarily have, I know Blake was talking about the pop. It, it's maybe more akin to a guy like Trey Turner or, or maybe a little bit less than that, um, just as far as like what I what I see his power ceiling as. But he's not um, as fast you, as I think he could probably, he probably has a little more pop and a, definitely less speed than Trey Turner. He's probably a 25, 20, 25. He's a good, ba- he's a good base runner though. Yeah. Like, but, but I think every, everybody's bad. numbers are going up. No, I'm just saying like, as far as what type of players people should be looking at Dylan Cruz to become, if he becomes the best version of himself. Um, it, it's not a, like he's not hitting 35 home runs. Like he's just not mm-hmm. like, that's just not who he is, but could the guy win multiple gold gloves? Absolutely. I mean, is he, he is, he's incredible in center field. The way that There's, he gets jumps on balls and, and he's, he's a good, he's a very good fielder. The comp McCutcheon, Kyle Tucker, 25, 25 guys, you know, again, guys like that. Yeah. I still don't think he has the same pop as a guy like Tuck and McCutcheon. Just McCutcheon. like any give. Any given swing, I feel like they just feel like they have a little Tucker. bit more. Cutch is like, man, Tucker for sure. Yeah, I'm with you on Tucker. Like, Tucker can really like smack that thing. And he's yeah. big. He's a big 6'5. Um, but Cutch, I think, is like when, when Cutch won the MVP, he's like in that 23, 24 range of home runs. And like, look, you want a guy with Cruz can enter him and Lane Thomas can be really good outfielders. But you talk about the Rangers of Wyatt Langford, uh, you know, what they can do in the outfield. Um, is is really impressive uh you know with odolis leoti uh and, and obviously evan carter to come up um but really good stuff t exciting baseball uh to come we'll get nick back tomorrow uh thank you to blake for being in and out but when he was in very insightful and very fun uh yep. fans hit your fruit those we'll see you guys next time
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.